The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. What up, everybody? Good morning. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. I'd like to give a special shout out to all the brand new Rams fans in the building. Brand new. It's a shame, man. You can't even be a winner in this country anymore. Like, y'all have all come to an alliance to be like, we will bring him down. <laughs> you know, if last week, since there was no game, that mattered anyway, um, maybe you watched a movie or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that by now all of us are aware of or maybe have even seen this movie. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to spoil it for you in case you still have a blindfold on and haven't seen Bird Box. But I like, I like the idea of this. What if we actually had to live like this? What if we had to live with one of our most depended senses gone? What do you think it would make us do in relation to other people? Do you think it would make us draw them close? Like... We know that we need them. Like we're all kind of in this together type thing, and we could just hold the hand beside us and not really care who it was and draw close. Do you think it would maybe do the opposite? That maybe we'd want to be not connected because of, uh, since we can't really see what's happening in their life, we're maybe afraid of what could happen from them to us, or we're afraid to, to get connected to them for the fear of losing them the pain of having and then losing for Mallory in this movie, The Bird Box, that was literally her fear, so she didn't even name her children. She just called them girl and boy. Maybe it would make us draw people close to us, but for the one reason of getting what we need out of them. Maybe we would keep them close, not for them, but for us. Like, I, it's such a survival world out there that I need whatever I can get at any expense, even if the person is the expense. Like right now, some of y'all got your phones out ready for me to take one more step. <laughs> at my expense. This fool's going to get me a thousand views doing the Bird Box Challenge on the stage. Well, thank you. I'm glad I could boost your YouTube page. But let me just lift the physical in the figurative blindfold from our eyes this weekend. The truth is that we actually do live like that. We live with uh, what you could call a zero-sum or an either-or mentality, not an and mentality. It means that we, we view people in a competition we have this, there can only be one winner mentality means if you're winning, who is losing? I mean, like, like tonight, when someone's winning the game, it's only because somebody else is losing. If someone's up 20, someone's down 20. And it puts us in this, um, this town ain't big enough for the two of us type of attitude towards one another. We see people as a gauge and not a gift. Meaning that we're looking into their lives, gauging our own. 
People are only a measurement to determine whether or not we're doing okay. You don't believe me. You'll be on Facebook, and you will come across a post that starts off like this. Well, I don't normally do a post like this, but... And then there's this novel where you got to hit the continue to keep reading. And, and this is what we say. I'm glad I don't do that. Why do some people put all of their business on Facebook? I mean, I'm so glad that I don't do those type of things. And then we read it. We diss it, but then we read it. And we're not reading it because we're deeply concerned about what could be going on in their life. We just want to feel good that we ain't dealing with those issues. I'm living my best life. Let me get my W-2. We're not the wind beneath somebody's wings. We're gravity. We would much rather know that they're closer to the ground so that we can feel fly. And you know what's the most painful irony about all this? This is true about us, but at the same time that we're like this, we still desire to be connected. We do. We have a desire to be connected even though we do things that lead to contention. Did you know that you can rent a friend? No lie. It's a thing. Look it up. Rent a friend. Just don't do it around your friends because they see your browser. They're going to be highly offended. And I'm thinking the whole time, like, rent a friend. Like, is that like, like when you rent a car? Like, you got to get insurance. You got to return them with a full tank of food. Like, but listen, but the, the whole reason, the, the, the fact that a business exists on you can rent a friend is just proof that we want connection even though we're leading to things that lead to contention. And maybe you've realized this. Maybe that's why you're joining us online or you've come today. Listen, I realize this about myself. I don't want to be that way. Let me go to church. Let me go to church. But church doesn't help out either. Because then when you go to church, your sense about this now is way more heightened. Everybody around you is fake. Like, there's no way Jay really prays like that when he's at home by himself. Like, there's, there's no way. He says, God is good, God is great, thank you for the food on my plate. Like, there's no way. And, then, or, and it's worship time. Everybody's favorite. It's worship time. And you know that one section where everybody looks like that inflatable guy in front of the business? And then meanwhile, what is over here like? It doesn't help. Even in, even in church, we feel like we have to, if we're going to truly fit in, we got to be who they are. Never really able to give ourselves truly to somebody else. This message today is for everybody. Everyone, I hope. It's my prayer. But I want you to know who I'm talking to. So no matter where you are around the world, shout out to everybody online and everybody here, I want you to know I'm, I'm talking to the church today. I believe this message is speaking to the church. And then specifically in our responsibility here, I'm talking to LifeHouse. I'm talking to y'all. Everybody wave hello. I'm talking to y'all. I'm talking to us. So our vision for this, this year, 2019, has come alive. And our, our pastor... Uh, he got this vision on his heart when he was reading Ezekiel. 
Ezekiel chapter, chapter 47. And what you need to know about Ezekiel, Ezekiel is an old school book in the Bible. It's an Old Testament. And Ezekiel is a prophet. Ezekiel was someone who God would choose to speak to and give messages to so that they can go deliver it to God's people, the Israelites, his chosen people. And in chapter 47, God gives him first this vision, this beautiful vision of the temple. And the temple would be back then similar to what we're in now, an actual building that you would go to to worship God, get forgiveness for your sins. It was a, a place that you go to connect with God. God's presence was there. And God gave him this vision of this, this trickle, leaving of water, like leaving the temple and flowing out. And it flowed out and it went into like a little stream and then a what, a babbling brook? Is that what you call it? You know, and then a creek until eventually it grew into this massive river where there was no life. And then now it's bringing all this luscious life. So picture like this, this desert area. And then as the river flows, it, it blossoms into like the Amazon with big trees and these big green leaves and beautiful flowers and plants and bananas and mangoes and mosquitoes. Don't you hate mosquitoes? But all those, this luscious life just growing. And what I want you to know today is that those trees, wherever, wherever the river went, the river represented God's presence, his power, his life-bringing presence. And anywhere that it flowed, it would bring up these trees, and then it would bring fruit and life. That came because of the river. I want you to know today that we, the church, we are those trees. We are those trees, and I want to talk about one of the fruits that you should see on our trees as the church, if God's presence is flowing through our life. I want to talk about the fruit. So say this with me. Fruit. There it is. Shakalaka, shakalaka. <laughs> fruit, there it is. All right, let's get into the fruit. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 13 and 14. Now listen, remember, the first part of this was a vision. The first part of this chapter was a vision. Now God's moving into some literal instructions for his people, for Ezekiel. He goes into literal instructions. Here we go. Ch uh, verses 13 and 14. Earlier, I made a prediction that this will be the score sometime tonight in the game. 13 to 14. In favor of who? I, I honestly don't care. Like, I just, food will be wherever I'm watching the game. And when it's not your team, you can enjoy it. When it's your team, you're like, <laughs> get that away from me. You know what I mean? You're like, be glad it's not your team. If you're not, you know, all right. Verses 13 and 14. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Divide the land in this way for the 12 tribes of Israel, God's people, Israel. The descendants of Joseph will be given two shares of land. Otherwise, each tribe will receive an equal share. I took a solemn oath and I swore that I would give this land to your ancestors and it will now come it will now come to you as your possession. Divide the land within these boundaries among the tribes of Israel. Distribute the land as an allotment for yourselves and for the foreigners who have joined you and are raising their families and mommy. Listen to this, this verse here. There's one word that makes up the entire message today. There's one word and it's a three-letter word. There's one word in here. If we would read this the way we kind of deal with people, it would say something like, distribute the land as an allotment for yourselves. And everybody else, good luck. 
Hashtag sorry, not sorry, right? Like, but that's not what it says. This is the key word, and. Distribute the land. All of the blessings that I have given my people, God, I want you to distribute them for yourselves and, and for those foreigners who have joined you and are raising their families among you. This and translate to this. Life is meant to be shared. Life is meant to be shared. The prophet Gump said life is like what? And a box of chocolates is meant to be shared. Now, if you couldn't utter that word out shared when I talked about chocolate, you need to check your heart and the blood sugar pumping through it. Life is intended to be shared. Listen, John Dunn wrote a famous poem and said this. You may have heard it before. It says, no man... No man is an island, entire of itself, but part of the whole continent. None of us, none of us should be floating along through life drifting like an island, disconnected, alone, set aside. You have value and you have worth in the whole of humanity. And more importantly today, in the family of God. Life is meant to be shared. Now, I want to go, I want to go back up. I want to go back up to verse 13. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Divide the land in this way. The most important part about this is, this is what the sovereign, this is what God says. You will do what I've told you to do. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Life is meant to be shared because God shared life with us. Life is meant to be shared because God shared life with us. When, when from day one, go, if you're going to get it out, get it out. Right, I'll do it with you. I, don't, I do not like that awkward thing. I don't know if you all noticed that or not, but if there's like a, a random clap somewhere, from this sound over here, you will hear me go, I don't like that. Let's, let's either applause or shh, we're in church. Put it aside. We'll make our mind up. And you don't have to do either today. Just listen to God. That's all you need to do here today. But listen, from the beginning, God made us. He made us. And when he made us, he thought all of it was good except for one thing. The fact that man was alone. All the plants, all the wonderful animals. Adam could take a, a cat nap with a lion like we all wish we could for claws. Like, all that, like it was wonderful, except God knew that he was an island. God knew that man being the only one was an island. So you got to love, you have to love God. Now he's, this is God. If God wanted to, he could have just made more people. But look what he did. He said, I tell you what, Adam, I'm going to make from you this special BFF. And you two can go take care of the problem that there's not enough people on the planet. Trust me, this is way more enjoyable than me actually making people for you. That's the kind of God that we have. And they had community with one another, and they had community with God, and it was one big happy family. But then they disobeyed God. And when they disobeyed God, they generated what the Bible calls sin. If you read any headline right now that's negative, you track it, sin is attached to it. A sin was committed. It's the nature that makes us do things wrong against God's way. And what that did was break us up. 
you hear the term broke up a happy home. It broke up a happy home. And God wasn't satisfied with the breakup. So he said, baby, come back. And to do that, God had to break up his own community. We believe that our God is, is a three-in-one being that we can never fully understand. He is God the Father, that he is God the Son, Jesus, and his spirit. And in that community, God had to break up his own community to send his son into our community. Just like we took communion earlier, that symbolism of a broken body with bread and a poured-out cup of blood, what that was was Jesus' willingness to lay his life on the cross and die to pay the price for our sins, the thing that broke us up from God. But to give us a, a relationship back with God, God raised him from the dead, snatched him out of the tomb and said, not only will my son be back with me, but now he will be with you. Jesus didn't die to give us something to believe in. He died to give us someone to believe in. And today, if at all, if we're talking about the church and God's family and you feel left out, listen, please don't. This is an invitation, an invitation for you to receive a membership card into God's family today. God created community. We may be able to have community without God in the center, but we have our best. We have our best when God is at the center of it. When we have God at the center of our relationships and our community, now we can share it like we're supposed to. In case you didn't know, we are supposed to be doing things like our kids playing one another at the park. We're supposed to be going to church with one another. What service you going to? Oh, I was out late, so you know I'm going to be at the 11. Okay, bet. I'll see you there. Y'all know. This is the sleep-in service. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of it. We know what we're doing. We want you here. <laughs> we know what we're doing. And God is here. We should be sharing life with one another. We should be watching the game tonight with someone. Picking our favorite commercials together because they're just as good, sometimes better than the game. And if you are watching the game alone tonight, just because you want to watch it in your underwear, shame on you. You need to go watch the game with somebody. I, I truly believe God invented the Super Bowl for people first and then for football. Watch it with somebody. We should be sharing life together. We should be, but you know what? Beyond those things, when God is at the center, think of the word community. It's common unity. When, we, when I believe in God and you believe in God, when my faith is in Jesus and your faith is in Jesus, and we now have a community together, you know the best benefit about God being at the center is that these communities now and our relationships, they don't have to be fake. They don't have to be shallow. They can be real. And what that means is when God's at the center, we can treat one another the same way God does us. That means if God talks to us in an honest way, I can talk to you in an honest way. I can actually ask you how you're doing, and it's not just a passing comment. I actually mean it. I can ask you what I can pray for. You can share with me things that you might not want to share with somebody else, but you need help with. That's the kind of relationship we have with God, and when he's a descendant, we can have that with one another. That means we can do all the things that we learned in kindergarten, like share. Share time with one another. Share what you have with one another. What's mine is yours. It means we can speak kind to and about. That is important. Sometimes we know how to speak it too. Are you always speaking kind about everybody? People that you call friends? We can speak to and about kindly. And the only time, the only time that we should be hurting somebody that we call family with our words is because sometimes you have to talk tough. And I mean, you have, you have to have a tough conversation with people. 
Real family does that. Real community does that. Let me, Proverbs 27, 6 says this. It says, the wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Kisses are on the surface. Anybody can give you a kiss, unless you're married. Not, 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 not everybody can give you a kiss. I ain't mean that, baby. I, I, <laughs> what I mean is, anybody can give you something complimentary on the surface. Only a real friend can give you a wound. And it's not a wound, it's a stab on the back. It, it's an incision in the heart. You're only going to find that in real community where people are not afraid to be real because God's been real with them. God's been real with them. You want to live your best life. We live our best life together. We live our best life together. I want to give a big shout out um, to all of our campus pastors. So we had Pastor Dave earlier this morning over in Classic doing his thing. Pastor Dave Johnson over at Leitersburg Cinemas. Pastor Justin Simpson is rocking it up in Seaburg. Pastor Jay had last night. It was awesome. Your boy gets to do this morning. And a great big shout out to our lead pastor, Pastor Patrick, who is in the building, y'all. <laughs> Y'all wonder if I still got a job. <laughs> listen, listen, look at this. I want to go back into a scripture. The reason I want to shout out all the, the campus pastors is because if you went and you watched all of our messages, and this is under our pastor's leadership, he's great. If, if you went and watched all of our messages, you would see that there's one message today. There may be a bunch of different voices, but there's one message. It's about community and community and God. But if you paid attention, you, you would notice. You would notice that there's some parts of the message in each of us that just seem to hit more close to home than maybe it did one of the other guys. For example, Jay last night gave a beautiful explanation about why life groups are so important to him. He and Margaret, when they came to this area, had no friends and family. The life group that they are a part of here is literally their family. And you, you could tell that. You could hear that as Jay shared it. You could see that he needed no notes, that he needed no preparation to come up and say that part of what, of, of what the Scripture meant to him. And the reason why I set that up is because I found that part for me. And that I hope is for somebody here today. I found that part for me in this message. I want to show you. So this is the second half of verse 22. When God is telling them, you're going to divide up the land. And there's going to be people there that aren't from where you're from. And I want you to share the land with them. And he continues. He says, they will be like native-born Israelites. I mean, you're not even going to be able to know living next to them that anything's different, even though there is. They'll be like native-born Israelites, meaning that they will have all of the rights that you have because of me. There's nothing that they won't be able to have because of some because. Everything that I've given you, you're going to share with them. I'm giving to them also this land. They'll be like native-born Israelites to you, and will receive an allotment among the tribes. I want to stop right there. 
This isn't about land for us. This, but this is about all of the benefits that we have from being a member in God's family. I mean, just, you can, they're countless. Starting with an eternity with God through Jesus. What a blessing. Provision in life now. His power over all of our battles. It just goes on and on. We have all of these beautiful promises and gifts and blessings from being in God's family. I want you, I want to make sure you translate that into the now. Maybe yours is actual land. I don't know. Whatever God has given you. But don't miss how much it is for us right now. Don't just keep it into a physical mindset. They'll have an allotment among the tribes. These foreigners are to be given land within the territory of the tribe with whom they now live. And once again, he puts his base in it. The sovereign Lord has spoken. That means he means business. This is important to God. This would have been shocking to the Israelite people, to the Jews. When you see Israelite in the Bible, it means, like in today, Jewish person. They were God's chosen people first. And before, prior to this, them knowing God and having what they have from God would have been a reason to draw a border around themselves and not invite in others. But God's saying, that's not what we're doing now. That's not what we're doing. There's going to be people around you that are different. There's going to be people in your life that speak a different language, come from a different culture, eat a different food, believe something different. And God is saying, don't you draw a border around yourself to separate. You include them in this border that I'm outlining for you. You include them. And, and, and this, this wasn't to stay some Old Testament thing. This was, this was a foreshadowing of what God was eventually going to do for the church, the church, the believers in God. Let me show you a verse in a fast forward. Let me go to Ephesians. In, 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 in Ezekiel, God's talking to the Israelites about how to deal with someone who's not like you. In this case, Paul's speaking to the ones who are not like them and telling them this. So now... You Gentiles, anybody who wasn't Israelite-born or Jewish-born, he's saying, he's pointing them to the fact that they put their, their trust in Jesus. You're no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are a member of God's family. Say right now, say, I belong. Now say it like you believe and I didn't have to wake you up. I belong. We live our best life we live our best life when our differences complement and not conflict. It doesn't mean ignoring. It's not this. It's not, it's not pulling down the blindfold and just saying, no one's different. We're all the same. No, we're not. You don't have to deny that. We are all different. There's a bunch of differences. But we live our best life when our, differ our differences complement rather than conflict. And that's our choice. Listen, a couple weeks ago, we celebrated Dr. King, right? I love Dr. King. And Dr. King didn't only fight for equality and for justice. He believed that our differences should intentionally be brought together. Let me explain. This is why this means a lot to me personally. It's going to be personal for a moment. One of my favorite quotes from Dr. King is he said, I have a dream that one day 
little black boys and girls will hold hands with little white boys and girls. You know how shocking that was to say that back at the time when you draw the line, when you clearly separate? This is why it means a lot to me. This is a picture of my parents from that 70s show. Can y'all see it here? My daddy got a mean swag, boy. <laughs> Love you, Mom. This is a picture of my parents. And in case you can't see fully, they're as black and white as newspaper. But that, that dream of Dr. King means a lot to me because if this little black boy and this little white girl didn't at least hold hands, I wouldn't even exist. I wouldn't be here. And this wasn't easy to do in the 70s. This would get you looks and comments and people looking and drawing a line of divide between with their own fears or insecurities. And they felt that. You know one place they didn't feel it? Church. They did not feel that in church. They were welcomed, embraced. In God's family, they saw no, no difference. And I, I show you this because I want to nail the point home that it's not about ignoring our differences. It's about, it's about intentionally bringing them together. When you, when you bring your differences together, you can make really, really beautiful things. When my parents brought their differences together, <laughs> you know what it made? Now listen, 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 listen. I ain't saying I'm the crispiest Oreo in the box. Is there anything better than America's favorite cookie to remind us why we need to be bringing our differences together? Listen, if you get the chance to, to read or, or watch the McFarland story, I love that. It's a story about a, a suburban white football coach who loses his job and the only work he can find is in McFarland, a lower class, small Latino community. Just imagine the, the, the borders that should have come up between them and the struggles that it was to understand one another. But they did better than that. They brought their differences together. True story, they brought their differences together and when they did, they produced a championship cross country team. Let me show you one that is particularly close to home for Lifehouse, to you. This, this is my team. Now we had to do some Photoshop work. <laughs> Not everybody's actually in the picture. Hopefully you can't tell. Maybe you can, because Lindsay's just like, like she's not really there. <laughs> this is my team, just for a second. I know it's a little faded up there. Look here if you can, you guys on the sides, look up here. Just look at, look at the palette. Look at the color, look at the differences. Listen, there's, there's different, there's a handful of different nationalities in here. Lindsay's part Haitian. Jason, our drummer, he's obviously black. If you can't see that, he's, Jason's black, straight up. Me, you got the, the biracial 38 year old rapper, 39 tomorrow. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> 
Caleb's got some Italian in him and he's newly married. Girls, get your eyes off. Cassie's Asian. Sam over here in the corner, she's Mexican. Shalisha and Sheree, 100% Starbucks. <laughs> and even the rest of my guys, Luke and, and Ridge, Austin and Corey, is that, listen, all of us, all of us, if we ran an Ancestry.com, we would all find that we're KFC. All of us are 11 different herbs and spices. <laughs> and you know what, the reason I love this is look, we don't, we don't ignore the fact that we're all different. We intentionally bring it together and it's not about us. It's to, it's to do our best to help our pastor bring you one message, the God who loved us and did anything to bring us back to make us one family with him. We said all of that, the, the things that we could set aside, we, we intentionally bring them together to hopefully bring you something that will speak to you and to anybody that you would invite so that you can hear from God. I wish that you could hear some of the conversations I've had with our pastor about the heart that he has and how proud he is that he leads a diverse community. You look around this room and there are age differences, there are race differences, there's economic differences. And this is, this is a reflection of, of his heart. This family is a reflection of his heart. I wanna thank him for leading a family like this. Oh, and don't be fooled. Y'all think Patrick is just a goofy average white boy. No, 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 Patrick is down. I'm telling you right now. Hey, listen, oh, don't pause yet, I got proof. I got proof. All right, listen, I have a, I'm a picture, I'm showing you in a minute of my life group. Shout out to my life group, turntables. Listen, <laughs> listen, I got a picture, I'm showing you in a minute that we all got together and took one that after the night of worship and somebody hopped in the picture. Look at this. Look at, look at Patrick. <laughs> Do you know, there are literally, in the seven billion people on the color palette, there are, there's literally 10 billion different colors. Now, unless you're watching The Simpsons, you might not see blue people or green people, but, but we all fit somewhere in one of those 10 billion different colors. We're all different colors. Did you know that there's, there's 6,500 different languages spoken in the world? 65 different hundred languages and probably at least one or two different ethnicities attached to those languages. We vote different. We come from different places. We listen to different music. We make our Kool-Aid different. We raise our kids different. There, are, there is literally a billion reasons a billion reasons that this world could say that we don't belong together and we need to draw lines around one another and we need to divide. There's literally a billion different reasons and there's only one needed of why we should come together. And it's all the, because we all have the same daddy. We all have the same daddy. We all come from the same God. Life is meant to be shared because God shared life with us. We live our best life when we bring our differences together. What if I told you the answer to all man's cancer has always been church in the palm of your hands. Would you take a chance and reach both arms out in both directions or wrap them around those close to the ground or in need of protection? Some call it nature selection. 
and it can appear to be imperfection. Listen, we don't have to be perfect, but we can still work it, making the corrections. Because no man is an island in isolation or confinement. So compassion can't be a passing agenda. It has to be our assignment. Let's pray. Father God in heaven right now, someone today is sensing that you are drawing them into community that they've came here with one perception, but today they're seeing that God, through your son Jesus, you were willing to do anything to bring them back. And I pray right now that they would make an activated faith, that they would be willing to say, yes, I believe. Yes, God, take my sins. Yes, God, give me community in you and join with you in this family. And God, I pray for the church. I pray for Lifehouse, that this community would continue to be intentionally diverse, that where everything else should divide us, we bring it together for a beautiful, diverse picture of who your eternity is going to be. God, we ask you to give us compassion and love, kindness. We won't ignore the differences, God. We will intentionally bring them together to celebrate one almighty God who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.